We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Lindsey? It's good. Eight and four team coming off a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs. And honestly, everyone is talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow right now. So I'm, I'm liking all the content I'm seeing nationally and locally. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, it, you get the weekly QB school, JT O'Sullivan video. That's nice to have when, when they're winning these national games, you're, you feel like you get all this love. And it's nice because what we've been saying for weeks about this team is finally what it seems like the national narrative is starting to be. It's starting to be, oh, this team is legitimately good. They can hang with anybody. This team is, you know, everything we've been saying. And, the, you know, I think teams are, or not teams, but analysts, national analysts are starting to come around to, oh, they're not as, you know, relying on these go balls. They change the run scheme. And it's like things we've been hammering for a long time about how they're able to methodically move the ball. The run scheme is different. But it's cool when the national narrative catches up and now it doesn't feel like you're getting half-baked takes. You're getting full-on great takes from smart people. Yeah, and I honestly think it has given the fan base, too, a time to appreciate Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock. I know we joked about it on social media, but for them to turn around their game plan offensively and adjust, maybe some people would have liked that during training camp in July, but it's a little hard when your quarterback is not in training camp. But credit to Zach Taylor, credit to Frank Pollock. And it's almost like, I feel like we owe them a little bit of an apology right now. Maybe not us, yeah, we. but not, you're right. You're right. You're not, you're not <laughs> down on him, but I think a lot of Bengals fans owe them an apology because Absolutely. Zach credit to Zach. You, you even put it on social media earlier this week and you said, Hey, Zach was in his bag right here and just <laughs> what they were able to do. And, and we, at one point, you know, everybody was like, nah, he's not the play caller. He needs to give it up. And he stuck with it. Because he has a vision. He knows what's going on. There's more than Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan. You get the quarterback coach and Joe Burrow working to call the, the best play. And just his adjustments, I think we should appreciate that because it's going really well right now offensively. Doing a fantastic job of putting the offense in a position to succeed at all times. And they're also doing a fantastic job of getting stuff against these coverages that I don't, I think this was the issue. It was, you know, what's their answer to this? They have one or two good answers. And then when they cheat those, what do you have? Well, now they got so many and they're getting the stuff they don't normally run. But then when they play their, you know, they play the stuff that has been awesome for them when, you know, they put on the, the show. What I think of is the, the pick wheel Raven concept that that's been in their, um, that's been in their playbook since Zach Taylor got here and they, it should have been a touchdown. That's the one Boyd dropped, but yeah, you get a guy that open into the end zone and it's a play you normally run, but now you don't rely on it at all. So it's just kind of a tool in your tool belt rather than, uh, something that you really need. You know, it's, we are facing this specific look man and the guys are on the same level and pretty close together. So we're going to run this play because we know it'll work. And they don't run it enough that teams are going to cheat it. I think that's just one example, but that's one of 
many examples that you could get to. They ran uh, drive drive sale, which is a drive concept that goes into a sale concept. It's a really cool play. That's what Jamar scored that giant touchdown on last season against the Chiefs. This time they threw it to Boyd, and it was wide open. And they didn't rely on it. They didn't run it more than like once, maybe twice, but it's just something they can get to. And I think that, I think these are cool. These are, these are cool things. It's just, they have so many answers now that it's hard to talk about the Bengals and talk about them as if they're not one of the two, three, I guess, top five conservatively offenses in the league. Especially when we consider the personnel with Burrow and all these guys, he's not, you know, Mike McDaniels and, and getting the, 15 yards of separation in the middle of the field because that's not how this team should win. They should win by Jamar Chase and T. Higgins being dudes on the outside. And then you work the scheme stuff for all the interior guys. And that's what they're able to do, especially with this run game cooking like it is. Yeah, I think honestly, you can go back to Joe Burrow's rookie year and even his first full season in the NFL. After his rookie year, I think in January, he had tweeted something and in 2021, early January, that was just in support of Zach Taylor and believing in him. And everybody knows Joe Burrow when it comes to Twitter and social media. He doesn't post a lot when it comes to Twitter. And it was just a pretty much appreciation for Zach Taylor and believing in him. He knew when people were down on Zach Taylor early um, in 2021 or not even 2021, late in 2020 when Joe got injured. He believed in the vision that Zach Taylor had. And nobody would know Zach Taylor better than Joe Burrow. And I feel like that stuff is, you know, you, you see it now in 2022 that Joe knew something. Joe works with him. Joe believed in what Zach Taylor was putting out there in the meetings that they had and, and what we're seeing. And that vision has really come to life. And I don't think Joe would have ever said any of that or supported the head coach as much as he did if he didn't see it or, or have that relationship that he has with his head coach. And now, you know, we've had a chance to relax and, and see what this team can be. And we're seeing it out there on the field. You mentioned that Tyler Boyd touchdown, and Tyler talked about it after the game, and he said it hit his hit his helmet, or he would have had it. And honestly, it's directly in the light. So they won. Nothing nothing about that touchdown mattered at the, at the end of the game or anything like that. It didn't factor in. If they would have lost, I'm sure we would have, um, you know, break that down a little more. But um, but overall, you know, you you have that relationship with your head coach and your franchise quarterback, and you can look around the league, and there are some people who are in Joe Burrow's. 2021 or 2020 class that aren't in that same situation that he is with his head coach. And I think we can all appreciate that right now and just kind of take a deep breath and, and realize that this offense is pretty special. Yeah. I think this is, um, you talk about Joe Burrow talking positively about Zach Taylor. And to me early on, that was probably more of a culture thing. You know, like I love this guy. I'd fight for this guy. And now when he adds on and this whole offense adds on, let's not take away credit from pitcher Pollock and Callahan and the whole offensive staff adds on all this scheme stuff, all these answers that way, you know, scheme is so good. I think it's a little bit overrated at times, but it is awesome to have when you have all the execution and the guys that are performing that and you get that from the culture and everything else they were you know they didn't have the most awesome scheme but they went to a super bowl because these guys were executing and they believed in the coach and they worked down the field and they just awesome execution on these plays not from every position but from the you know the wide receivers the quarterback the tight end had you know his probably best season that he'll ever have in his career but um 
now you add on that he's getting guys open that I don't even have to try very hard. Uh, yeah, I think Zach Taylor is proving a lot of people wrong. I think back to when, you know, I always think of our mailbag. You know, our mailbag always has questions what the people want. And they were asking, should he give up play calling early on? And similar to that, that we could talk about too, is the, you lightly mentioned a lot of talk about fire Frank Pollock or we need to move on or, you know, something like that. And I kept preaching patience, but no, nobody's saying that now. Offensive line's playing pretty well. It's just uh, always think back to that Duke Mannyweather interview we had. And he said it'll be like six to eight weeks before they start gelling. And that was it. They started gelling and now they're pretty good. Yeah, and I want to get into more of the offensive line and, and just kind of the patience that we had with that and, and Joe Burrow in just a moment. But you brought up culture. And Jesse Bates talked about it in one of the Zoom interviews on Monday that Monday was an off day. And normally a lot of NFL coaches will give Monday an off day, especially this late in the season when you do win on Sunday and they get Tuesday off. Some people will go and still and lift and everything like that. Jesse Bates said the locker room was filled on Monday and it was an off day. Does that mean anything or is that, you know, oh, is it the culture that they're buying in or, or what does that mean about this team? They're eight and four. They're showing up on off days on Mondays. Yeah, I mean, it means a little bit because, you know, the, I don't think every team would do that if they don't have a great culture. It can get a little bit overblown, <laughs> to be honest. I, I do think that some of that is also we are a contending team. We need to make sure we're whatever. Some of it's, you know, we're sore and need to stretch everything out. So I, I think there is some of the Zach Taylor culture involved in that. But, you know. Winning does winning cures all, and I think a little bit of that might also be they know the opponent coming this week, and they need to they know they need to win this game because you got to get the monkey off the back here against the Cleveland Browns. They are a better team. They have been the better team the past two years, but they don't have a win yet against them with this squad. Yeah, I feel like they've done everything to prove a lot of doubters wrong ever since really the bye. And you can even point to the Browns game in Cleveland, how they've really turned around their season. Four wins in a row is is huge. And to bounce back offensively, and I still feel like their defense has showed up all season. But we'll go to the offense right now. And, and I want to go to Joe Burrow. We talked about him a lot after the game, A-plus game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's really fun to watch. And and I know – I actually said this on Twitter um, last week because Cincinnati wasn't getting that national attention. And I said, you have to stop looking for validation. Not every national analyst is going to watch the Cincinnati Bengals. The people who vote on the MVP, they're not going to watch every game. There's a reason why Joe Burrow – was in Peter King's top three MVP after being in the top 10 last week because that game was shown to 90% of the United States. So a lot of people want to watch Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And honestly, if you're the NFL, you want to see that in the playoffs because your ratings are going to skyrocket. It's always big numbers when you have the two of those guys facing off. But, you know, they they, they are getting that attention right now. And, and when you went back to watch the tape, what did you see from Joe Burrow that we didn't talk about on Sunday? Uh, just great performance. I mean, what I could count like on my hand the amount of uh, a miss, not an optimal read, not that he made a terrible one, but just not the perfect read, not the perfect throw. And maybe, you know, I do think the one real bad play was just the time he took that sack, but then he makes up for it with an amazing throw on third and 11 to ice the game. Uh, I thought he was really good. I, I 
I think the Chiefs threw a lot at him, trying to confuse him mostly, and he just wasn't confused for the most part. He knew what was coming. They'd play all these disguises. They'd get out of it, and he would get to the right answer. I think he also got some extra benefit from his offensive line. They played well, like we talked about. But he also makes the offensive line right a lot because this offensive line, they don't lose dramatically. They don't get beat and have the guy running behind him chasing Burrow down. When they lose, it's just a little, I lost my leverage and I need you to work around me type things. But I could still be right. When you get beat and the defensive lineman gets behind you and you're turned around, you can no longer be right. But when you're getting beat and, you know, you're in front of the guy, you can still be right on that play. Um could still wash him out of the pocket. I think they got a little bit of that. I don't think there was very much pressure, but I do think when it happened, it was something that Burrow was able to maneuver around and easily avoid. I think that Burrow also had one heck of a game with his legs. Just smart, efficient, consistent, really, really, really good game from him. Uh, I think considering the opponent and the stakes, this has a case as his best game, even though the Falcons game clearly just on the field production was the better game. Uh, I think this one, when you consider it's the chiefs on the national stage, this is a team you have to score against the Falcons. They could have gotten away with an okay Burrow game and still won. They blew them out because Burrow had an amazing game, but they could have just had an okay game and won. here. They needed that good Burrow game and they got a great one. So that's, I think super important. And like you mentioned for the MVP discussion, he's there. Uh, I think he's 10 to one right now. And it's like, I think I, I mentioned he gets to face Brady. We see how important that is now. I don't think this week is going to be something that's super important, even if he plays well, but you get the bills on Monday night football and you get the Ravens week 18, which would, which could be for the division. Those two games are probably going to be pretty huge for the MVP debate. Yeah. And, and it's just absolutely wild to think about because last year he was playing at an MVP type level. There were just people over him and no surprise that he wasn't, you know, mentioned among the greats who were in the race for it late in the season. He was obviously the comeback player of the year. And hey, this guy had a Super Bowl on his mind and, and he got there. But I want to get to a little more about Joe Burrow before we focus on the offensive line and the defensive side next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.